Welcome to the Ink Feather Podcast, where we have fun, nerdy, and thought-provoking interviews with sci-fi and fantasy authors and industry pros. I am your host, Lauren Zurchin. Uh, thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, we have debut author A.F. Stedman, also known as Annabelle, <laughs> whose middle grade book, Skandar and the Unicorn Thief, hit shelves earlier this month in uh, it's May 2022. So in this episode, we talk about her inspiring publishing journey and her road to publication and how even though you know, at a, on a surface level, it looks awesome and perfect. It was actually quite a rocky road for her. Um, but she's got an amazing advance. And she's got film rights and all this cool stuff that's happening with this debut novel. And we dig into what it's been like and her journey getting to this place. Um, we also go into some details on the book and how she brought the characters and the world to life. We talk about magic, plotting, uh, writing a mystery into the plot. And of course, we talk about the evil unicorns that the book is centered on. Before we jump in, I just want to let everyone know about a deal we have going on right now. Um, I have fantasy coloring books. I commissioned 20 artists from all over the world to illustrate my fantasy photography and turn it into gorgeous art that you can color. Each artist did two pieces, and pretty much all of these artists I have found through their creative contributions to various book boxes. So if you are a fan of bookish art, I know that you've heard of most of these people. Uh, I'm going to be going into a second printing of these books in a slightly different edition, so I'm wanting to clear out the stock that I have. So everything is on sale, uh, including the digital products. I figured if I'm going to sell some on sale, might as well sell them all. <laughs> I'm also going to be donating some of the proceeds from these current sales towards helping Ukrainian refugees dealing with the attack from Russia. One of the artists is Ukrainian and had to leave. She's currently in Poland with her family, and we wanted to show her some support. So uh, through the end of May, all the sales, uh, every sales proceeds will go towards helping Ukrainian refugees. So check them out on our website, inkfeathercollective.com, and go into the shop. I'll include a link in the description of the podcast, too. And the sale is only through the end of May, so don't miss your chance for that discount. Okay, now on to the interview. I hope you enjoy. Annabelle, welcome to the Ink Feather Podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I am so excited to have you here. We were just chatting right before we officially started and I was gushing to her about how much I love middle grade, how much I've been enjoying reading her book, and I am just so stoked to dig into the story today, to tell her story today. Um, we are here to talk about Skandar and the Unicorn Thief. It is out uh, May 2022, so we're talking uh, a week, couple weeks before official release, um, but we're pretty close. Uh, how are you feeling? You're like... Oh my gosh, you're probably a little bit buzzy. You're probably, I'm guessing, like nervous excitement. Like where where are, you, where are the feels right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've ticked over into just pure excitement now. I think I just feel like I'm on it, like my adrenaline is high all of the time. Um, but it, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I think I saw on your social media recently, you were in Europe somewhere and there were like massive posters at like a book fair or something. I was like, this is so cool. Like you kept being like, oh my God, like getting pictures <laughs> next to the giant cover of your book. I was like, this is the coolest thing. It, it was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was in, um, in Italy. It was the Bologna Children's Book Fair. 
Um, so I got to meet a lot of my international publishers, which was amazing. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. And it's so nice yeah. that even though we're technically in the time of COVID still, we're kind of on the on the other side of the crazy um, or have become a, you know, at least a new stasis. So it's nice that you're yeah. able to go and like meet people and actually talk in person, which is, you know, something I've, I've talked to a lot of authors over the past two years. And that's something that's been challenging. I'm, I'm not sure. Are you still having some restrictive stuff with like launch and things? I'm assuming you're not going to be like touring the touring the world with COVID still in place. But are you going to be able to get out and do stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think I am having a launch, uh, an in-person launch, um, and everyone's testing, you know, beforehand and all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, they are they are doing it. Um, and but in terms of traveling the world, not sure about that quite yet. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. But it's just nice. To, it's nice. That's that's great. Just the fact yeah. that you can even like meet in person and and see faces and talk about your book to people instead of over a computer screen. Which, I mean, I, I think there are pros and cons to both. I think you know it is nice. The virtual has been nice. Like if I want to tune into a, a, an event, I can even if it's not anywhere near me, which is cool. But. Um, I don't think it's the same as as being in person. So I'm, I'm excited that you get to do that, too. That's so cool. Um, you have quite a cool story. I, I mean, we're going to get a little more into it. But when the book came across my feed, I love middle grade. So I was like, ooh, this evil unicorn. This sounds cool. And the cover was evocative and crazy um, advance and like debut record publishing deal breaking all kinds of stuff so I, I just happened to pull up before we chatted the there's an article here from the Guardian from last year or from two years ago I think yeah 2020 it was just talking about like this is believed to be the world's largest book advance for a debut children's writer and I like oh it's like a fantasy series about bloodthirsty unicorns like, in quotes that's what it says in quotes I'm like I mean it's not wrong why is it in quotes <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you were like it, you know, it was like I went to auction. It, there's three books in the series. I, I'm, I'm guessing I don't know if that's the whole thing or if, at least for now. Plus, it looks like there was like a big aggressive debate and like acquiring from Sony Pictures for the feature film rights. Like it's yeah. what what is your life? This is so cool. Yeah. Like this is amazing. And I. I and, and, you know, like you were saying before we started and I want to talk about this, you know, it isn't always just this you know, diamond studded road of success and like, yay. <laughs> um, it's very cool. But like, take us through like how we how we got here today. Like, how are we tell us through your story of how you finally got the book into publishers hands? Yeah, so I I mean, I guess I should start with I mean, I had the idea for this book like eight years ago. Um, I guess just just the idea. Um, and I was doing my law exams at the time. Um, and I was kind of trying to be trying to be sensible and not not be a writer I think and I just I got to the point uh, a few years ago when I just thought if I don't if I don't try this I'm I'm never going to I'm never gonna kind of be able to let go of the dream mm. if that makes sense yeah I just I, I honestly I just went I think it was so strange a kind of epiphany moment I went into a bookshop in London and I picked up a book and I read the prologue and I just I was just like why am I doing this you know, why do I keep putting it off? Why do I keep saying to myself, oh, yeah, when I have more time? Um, and yeah, so I I went home and I applied for a creative writing master's. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Um, which was part time. Um, and I, I left law because I didn't think I'd have time to do both. Um, so I, I kind of I got a different job and I worked part time and did my did my master's and I wrote 
Scandal and I wrote a book for adults at the same time. Um, and I finished the book for adults first, uh, which was about lawyers. <laughs> um, I mean, write what you know, they say. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. exactly. I think maybe a cathartic book. In no, no, I'm also going if, if that's the truth and we're reading Bloodthirsty Unicorns, I'm like, I need to come hang out with you because your life is way more interesting than mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but, but yeah, so I, I got an agent, which who isn't my agent now, my, my, my first agent. Um, I got lots of rejections for for the adult book, and then I I managed to find someone, um, and then I went on submission to publishers, and I got rejected by everyone. Wow. Um, and I was on submission, I think, for about nine months in the end, which is horrible because you know every time you get an email, you're like, is is this the time? Is this the time? Um, and it never was. Um, and so then everything just kind of went a bit quiet. Um, and I started looking at Skandar again. Um, and I'd always kind of loved the story and the world, but I, I think just because I hadn't, it wasn't finished yet. So that's why I didn't go out for it. And I think I was a bit impatient almost to, to try and kind of legitimize what I had done by leaving my career and everything. No, that makes sense. Like the emotional, I mean, and that's a big jump too, especially with like the, emotional the financial the intellectual commitment of law and going through that process coming out the other side and now making such a drastic switch and like I could see being constantly a war in your brain being like okay is this the right thing did I do it and um and also too I think um I have a friend who's actually basically at that tail end of that nine month thing where it's like the top tier publishers said no the next tier the next tier so I think she's kind of kind of revamping things and um, you know, when you, in your mind, at least I'm seeing from her experience, it sounds like once you get an agent, you think you're it. That's it. You're like, okay, I got the agent. Someone's validated me. I'm going to get this sold. We're good. I'm going to be on the shelves. And like, it's just the first step in this massive, you know, process, massive journey um, that really never ends. I find like I've seen multiple published authors talking about the the process and the journey still. So yeah, it's, it's, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, especially when you're in that panic mindset too, of like, Oh my God, what's happening. So yeah. I, I, I don't blame you for that. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, but I think I went, when I went back to, um, Skandar, I, I kind of just said to myself, right, just do this because you love the story. Don't put the pressure on it. You you love it. Just do it for fun. And that's I think that's what kind of worked for me. Um, and I and I only sent it to one agent um, because me and my previous agent parted ways, which is also awful. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, I just sent it to one. I was going to I said one at a time because I just can't deal with the rejection anymore. Um, and he liked it. So, and he's my agent now, Sam Copeland. And uh, from there, it kind of, it just, everything started to get better. But I think you've got to do it for the love of writing, of the kind of creating, because it is, it is a long process and, and you do have to really believe, believe in your work, um, to keep going. But if you do, you know, you can get there. Well, and it's nice to hear too, um, like, the the story that kind of nudged you way back in the beginning was the one that ended up being the one that took off for you, you know, the one that made you go, oh, this is like the story, this fun idea that is tucked away in there, you know, and I, I love that because it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, it just shows that 
you know, the creative process, it just doesn't go away. It always knocks on the door and is like, hello, like, yeah. don't ignore me <laughs> here. And sometimes it smacks you over the head. Sometimes, you know, and you have to listen. And um, but it's cool to hear, I guess, just kind of how how you got there, because like listing what I listed before we started talking and hearing that journey. Like I said, if you read it and you're just like, oh, my God, all these things. And it's like, yeah, but it's it's not like you said, it's not like you just made a phone call and said, here, here's, here's <laughs> Simon and Schuster. Yes. Thank you very much. Like, you know, um, it's I, I I think that gives a lot of people hope, you know, and just to hear anything because it is a process and especially because it had such a good like people just loved it so much that they were like fighting over it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and that was just kind of completely wild because I because I'd had the other experience. Yeah, you know when when it went out on I think in September 2020, and um, you know I was expecting like months and months of just like lingering there and hoping maybe one editor would like it. I think within like a day and a half, I had there was an offer in for three books. Um, and I think I always think about that first offer, and it's not the publisher that I you know that I have actually in the end but that was the first time that I thought oh my goodness there's it's going to be a book like I'm allowed to do this now as a job and I you know I'm going to be a published author and I think that the emotion was so strong at that point even though in, after that it, things just went completely wild um with the auction but that that moment I think was the first time I just thought oh, I've, I've done it I've managed to <laughs> I've managed to do it um and yeah, I mean, the film stuff is just kind of the stuff of sort of fantasy, really. <laughs> like, as if the cake wasn't already fluffy enough, let's put some more cream on top with Sony pictures. And it, it, also in this article, it says an aggressive, again, in quotes, which <laughs> I don't know what the Guardian's doing with their quotes, but it's cracking me up in this article. But aggressive for the feature <laughs> film rights. It's just so, I mean, it's just, oh my gosh, it's so cool. I mean, because... I'm assuming aggressive means, I know, again, nothing set in stone, especially with film, but it sounds like they're very interested in seeing the project through or at least getting the ball rolling. So very cool. Uh, and and it makes sense as, have uh, you know, on the other side of reading this book, it is so visually evocative for that, for, it, it says here for the film aimed at readers and, you know, people nine and up. So like starting middle grade age and going up it, it's so visually interesting the way you wrote the world I could totally see it in film I I absolutely can see it so <laughs> I think it will be so cool to see it on the screen but I I did I loved reading this book I actually told your publicist I was like it was a book you know every book's a reading experience of, of you know and I I always enjoy reading and I just find it interesting what how I feel as I'm reading different books and I had to, you know, put this down in various things. I was traveling while I was reading this book, so I would keep coming back to it. But I, I kept thinking about it while I wasn't reading it and being like, oh, I get to read some more. And like, I was like excited to like, oh, I get to come, like lay in bed and read a little bit. I was like, I was in Vegas for a concert. And I would like go home back after the show and like read the book in bed, even though it was like 1 a.m. because my brain was still fired from the concert. So I was like, oh, I'm going to come come down by reading, you know. Nice. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was just because it was just such a vivid world and and just such a fun story that I was like, oh, what, what happens next? I need to know. I need to keep reading. So, um, yeah, it was just, it's been really fun. So I'm, it's really cool to hear that, that that feeling, obviously, is what 
caught on in the publishers too. They were just like, oh, there's something here. Like this is, it's just really cool. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, if and when we talk on the other side of it, when the book's out and as things move forward, um, you know, how things go, it's going to be, it's just so cool to, to see the excitement around this story. Um, I guess before we dig into it a little more, do you have like an elevator pitch? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a sentence, but do you have like a little summary of, of when you're telling people about the book, like how do you describe it to them for those listening who maybe haven't read it? Yeah, sure. Um, so Skandar and the Unicorn Thief is and the first book in a new fantasy series set in a world of warrior unicorns, unlikely heroes and elemental magic. Um, 13-year-old Skandar Smith has always wanted to be a unicorn rider, uh, but when the most powerful unicorn in the world is stolen, Skandar and his friends have to take to the skies and battle bloodthirsty unicorns and a deadly enemy. There you go. <laughs> I mean, sold. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, and I'm sure you get this all the time, people being like, evil unicorns, really? But really, I was like, these are no joke, man. They are... <laughs> They're really creepy. The, the wild ones are creepy. And like the even the tame ones are have some elements that are a little bit like scary. Um, yeah. But like in the coolest way, I love elemental magic too. It is like the best. And I love it when it's written in a new way and when it's in a story I haven't read before. So it's always fun to see like how it's manifested. And so before I get ahead of myself, because I'm already getting ahead of myself. So basically... Um, <laughs> You basically like touch an egg and it it's like your mated one that was basically born when you were and then it's your unicorn yeah. and it's bonded to you. And then basically you can do um, because of the fact that it is a magical creature, you can then wield magic with it like you have like a symbiotic relationship with this creature. And I think mm -hmm. it's cool that you have access to all of the elemental magics, even though you, ha you have one that is your more like your most dominant one. Um, yeah. You can still like, I think that's cool because obviously you feel an inclination, but I always, I always hated that with like Avatar and the Last Airbender. Like I was always just like, man, it would be cool to like, he can do them all. I, what if everyone else wanted to do them all? Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't, you know, sneeze if I could do waterbending. That would be totally great. But, you know, I always thought that I was like, oh, why is it just the one? Like, what doesn't everyone want to do all of the things, you know? And so I, I, I could appreciate how cool that was that they, they all had, you know, strengths and weaknesses, but that you could tap into. And I just think, uh, you know, that, how, how fun that would be to be like, oh, now I have to do this and now I have to do that. And I don't know. I love that you incorporated that. Was that like when you were developing it, was that obviously that was important to you because you put it into the story. But why why did you decide to go that route as opposed to just like everyone gets one or or even just like a type of elemental magic. So maybe this one can only do storm magic and this one can only do, I don't know, um, metal magic or something. You know what I mean? I, I'm just yeah. specifics. Like, why did you decide to shape it the way you did? Yeah, I think I think what I wanted was um, with the elements. I didn't want to kind of pigeonhole the characters, if that makes sense, because mm -hmm. I knew that kind of, um, they have certain like maybe characteristics that they they ha were more prevalent in one kind of wielder or something like that. But I kind of I didn't I didn't want that to be who they were. I I wanted them to be able to be a mix of different things. Um, and I think a I I wanted fundamentally I wanted it to be something that kids or adults even would want to do. 
and it's like you say if it's limit if it's limited it is a bit of a shame um and i i think it makes the training it made the training more interesting to have characters who were more inclined towards one element but can still do it you, the other ones could still do it because we all have kind of strengths and weaknesses exactly. and showing that and also you know you might be more inclined towards one element but you might actually be better at a different one like then i just i wanted to kind of explore that through the magic because a lot of us nowadays get kind of pigeonholed into our our kind of i don't know twitter bio or whatever no, that makes sense yeah totally or like when you break out of that shell people are like i'm sorry what now yeah, you're into totally what now i'm like trust me it's fine you know it's okay i can still like all the old stuff and totally be into this new different thing i get it exactly <laughs> i mean that makes a lot of sense and i i like that kind of goes back to the creative thinking i was saying like as a as a wielder of this magic you know knowing where your strengths are and how to combine things and what what works and what doesn't um yeah it's pretty neat i also really love you the unicorn's temperaments are fantastic <laughs> like you have these like feisty sort of silly but sort of scary and but just amazing like it really it almost feels like i i, I just put myself in the head i'm like if i actually saw like my my version would be of like a phoenix like if i saw like a phoenix or like a griffin like this magical being of like oh my god like i don't even know how can i touch you even let alone ride you or anything like that you know what i mean mm. um i'm sure that would be like how they're feeling because they bonded to these creatures but they still are very wild and you know crazy <laughs> they really are they do crazy stuff i mean in different temperaments too yeah and i think um that was one of the things that was was important to me when i was writing it that balance because obviously it is it's aimed uh middle grade is is where you kind of the, the age range starts for it mm -hmm. and so I wanted to make sure that you know like kids weren't like terrified of of these these unicorns I wanted that aspirational part of it like I actually want they want to go to the island they want to have a unicorn mm -hmm. but at the same time you know you've got to deliver on the bloodthirsty unicorn side of it <laughs> you can't you can't be like i've written a book about bloodthirsty unicorns and then they're all just kind of like blowing bubbles bit, <laughs> yeah exactly. so that that balance and i think i was always every time i was writing about about the unicorns as characters i was always thinking but they are these kind of majestic deadly creatures and even if you're bonded to one they they could just like eat your friend. Um, they're not going to eat you because self-preservation. And you know, and I, and that doesn't happen in on screen or anything. But I just wanted a sense of of that kind of nightmarish um, element to them. But then the kind of cuter side with their riders is is something that kind of makes them more appealing. Um, and yeah, the wild ones I could just go to town because you know they are fundamentally creatures of evil and darkness. Nightmares, <laughs> like they really are creepy. <laughs> Like there's a scene early on where one lands on the path and it like, it smells like death and it's just so scary. And I mean, and so I'm just imagining like, I mean, cause that's the premise and that's the whole kind of the whole idea is like the riders are needed to help balance the unicorns out. So like mm -hmm. without a rider, the wild ones just do their thing and they're just crazy, evil magic monsters in a sense, you know? And it, it, it was, it was well written. I was like, this thing is scary and I would be running for my life. Like, <laughs> seriously, it was very 
um very well written i'm just i'm wishing i was like 12 or 13 reading this book because i think i would be i mean like i said i'm 41 and i thoroughly enjoyed it so i think i like a young teenager is going to be super into this book Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> um, it really, it was, and and I mean, you also made it funny, like you know, like you said, like Skandar, you know, because they kind of can, he has like, um, he can kind of feel the these unicorns' emotions, and you know, he he can, his name's Scoundrels, Scoundrels Luck, yes, I think it's Luck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scoundrels, Scoundrels Luck. Yeah. He calls him Scoundrel. So Scoundrel, he can like, he's like, he's funny, like he's like, it's like a prankster, and I was like, that's hysterical <laughs> to me that his, but I get that, like I have and it's not obviously not on the remotely the same level but like i have parrots and they're very smart and they're snarky and they do funny things and they know it's comedic timing because they're smart enough to know what that means and it makes me laugh because i'm like oh my gosh you just did that <laughs> and it's it's very entertaining to me so i can just imagine being like oh my gosh i was not expecting you to be this funny um and like <laughs> one of his friends is unicorn is like super into their looks and like has to be brushed and is pretty all the time like i just yeah the, the personalities really brought me joy especially because um you didn't balance necessarily the horse personalities or the unicorn personalities with the rider personalities which i found yeah. highly amusing being like oh my god my horse is a diva what the heck i don't why are you into this you know it cracked me up um that must have just been so much fun like i guess just developing the core the characters that we have. I mean, take us through kind of the process of creating the story because you, because we have, you know, we were in Skandar's head the whole time, but like there is a very strong secondary cast of characters. Like they're right up there with him and, um, and they're wonderful and they're really well done. So I'm just curious, like when you decided to tell the story, how did it kind of take shape to become what it has been? Yeah, I mean, the so the first draft I wrote of it, um, I wrote it in about three months. And let me tell you, there was no plot. <laughs> um, Sounds about right. It was mainly world building and characters. And so the main four characters kind of, they they were in that first draft and they, they kind of grew quite organically, I suppose, because I just had all this time because there was nothing really going on um, for them to be, you know, hanging out in the treehouse and just chatting and getting to know them. Um, so, and I think I, I started with Skandar. He was the he was the boy riding the unicorn when I first kind of had the image in my head. Um, but I knew that I for I knew I wanted to have a strong secondary cast of characters because it's just it makes it more fun. It makes it more interesting, and I think it's a way for readers to get to know Skandar as well because it's hard when you're writing close third like really close third person, which it is. So sometimes mm. it's almost to get get a perception of of that character across and so I mean he meets Bobby first um who is basically the opposite to him in terms of confidence at that at that particular moment um and I think I I built them so the quartet the four of them so that they almost like they balance each other out um yeah. with their personalities and they all bring things to the group that the others need um and and you know there there are challenges because they some of them have kind of um very opposite personalities and they irritate each other but I felt I wanted to be real yeah. yeah and there's some baggage too I would say <laughs> yeah definitely definitely yeah I really enjoyed just their their personalities I, I like that you have them you kind of have um the different elements kind of having to like live together and form little groups which I think is a good balance to all of that too yeah yeah and, and I you know I like the idea that they can they can learn from each other both from a kind of 
in a, in a in a magical training kind of way but also in a kind of person personal way and in a kind of this is how this person deals with it is is that kind of learn something from from them um so yeah forcing them together in a, in a small treehouse and, and especially because it's not all roses at the beginning well, I mean it's not really yeah. roses throughout the whole book but at least in their dynamic it's there's definitely some hiccups along the way yeah um, which is again that's normal life with your friends and being forced into dynamics especially you know essentially what is a new school where you're having to board with strangers um, yeah and with a bloodthirsty unicorn at the same time you know that's a lot that's a lot of 13 year olds to deal with <laughs> well and you also have an element too which I I thought was an interesting added level is the the unicorns all live on this like magical island and yeah. Skandar and Bobby are both mainlanders so they're like coming from the mainland to the island and so the islanders grew up with the knowledge totally different life experience and like immersion versus mainlanders who you know are, are aware of it but it's like not the same at all and so yeah. like their insight and like I remember there was a part towards the end that actually made me laugh out loud because it was so what's it even i don't even think it was meant to be funny but it made me laugh is like one of the islanders was looking at a map and was like where is that and he said it almost like an awe and the, the girls are left she's like dude that's the mainland like she, she just, <laughs> like he didn't even get it like they told she's like i'm so glad i know something you don't know about our magical world that's actually the mainland like it made me laugh because i was like finally <laughs> she's she knows something you know um yeah. but it was just it was really i i liked that added like layer to to things and that complicated it um and you know not in a bad way but just in in knowledge in in perception of the world and um you know and also we have two people coming from coming at things from different angles so you have like two and two kind of meeting in the middle with with things which i thought was really a good way to balance everything which was really cool yeah i think i i, I love stories i've always loved kind of fantasy books where it really feels like it could be real like it could happen or like you know trying to get through the back of the wardrobe because of Narnia and things like that. Um, I get it. You know, I mean, I've, the number of times I did that as a child, or like imagine my demon, you know, from his dark materials. <sighs> and like, you're just looking and you think, oh, is that a window to another world? Or is it just, you know, a bit of a spider web glistening in the sunshine, you know? Um, I know. So I think that's why I want it. It's kind of, I guess it's, you know, technically it's dystopia sort of, because it's, it's sort of like this could happen in, in five years, maybe we find out that uh, that unicorns are real and deadly, and they live on an island um, off the mainland. Um, and you know, we have to start sending our thirteen-year-olds there to, to make sure we don't get just, get attacked by unicorns. That sounds like a really bad idea because I remember what it was like to be thirteen, and thirteen-year-olds uh, are, are. I don't know if I would trust the the future of the world with thirteen-year-olds. Let's be real. When you said it like that, I was like, oh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> but it is what it is it has to be the way you you know it, the way it's it is in the world and I think it's fun it was fun to, to kind of have have the recognizable mainland I mean it, it doesn't really vary at all from um from kind of our world apart from this kind of one fundamental yeah it's like they're and, in like England they're literally just like doing normal life and then it's like yeah it's really it's really great um I, I was gonna say too I really liked the, so you were saying like when you first wrote it, there was no main plot, but the big mm -hmm. plot really besides, you know, Skandar going, what, what, like figuring out. Cause there's, uh, you know, we're, we're, she and I are dancing around a, a very big spoiler that does happen pretty early on in the book, but I don't want to give it away in case someone hasn't read because it is 
basically a big plot of the whole book. So, um, but basically, um, the there is a, a aside from him like figuring out who he is in this whole world. Um, there's major mystery. Like there is like a who done it and like what's happening, and the kids are kind of like mystery solvers throughout the book. They're kind of like trying to get to the bottom of what's actually happening. And I loved the like secret sleuthing that they were doing. I guess take us into that. Like, was that when you were writing the book, were you always wanting to put an element of magic or I'm sorry, a mystery in there? Too many M words. Um, or, or was that just sort of evolved as you like replotted it? No, definitely. I definitely wanted that there to be something kind of pulling pulling them along and also you know making I wanted there to be kind of a good reason why we were kind of watching Skandar um and his friends really I think the kind of the kind of big mystery ar around around the weaver uh I think that developed quite a lot in editing mm -hmm. um you know that it, it was fundamentally there I think when it went out in submission but my my editors were very keen on it to really feel like a mystery and there's lots of there's clues and what they're finding out and moments of kind of we're never gonna we're never gonna do this um and like they're kind of twists and turns you know I think they helped me with that quite a lot because when you're when you're writing it and you know the answer <laughs> sometimes it's quite yeah. hard to kind of think of think of ways that you can almost make it more complicated um but mm. I, I think it's it's fun to see. I think it's it's nice for kids in in fancy books to see like children solving mysteries, and it kind of is that sense of like um, it's quite it's quite aspirational, and it, it almost makes them seem older in a way, and and like oh wow, I could I could work something like this out, and, and I think that's nice. Yeah, I I agree. I, I I think that's one of the things I enjoy about middle grades is that you know. I, I, whenever we're that age too, especially like 11, 12, 13, 14, that age is really when you start to feel like you know things about life and even though you're still learning, you know? And so mm -hmm. I love the idea that, um, you know, I'm just thinking like one of my, I don't know if you've read, um, have you ever read the Gregor books? Are you familiar with those? No, I've heard of them though. Yeah, Gregor the Overlander. They're Suzanne Collins' yeah. middle grade series that she wrote before The Hunger Games. And I oh. love them. They're so good. Like, I used to work at, I don't know if you had them in England, their Borders bookstore. Um, yeah. And I, like, at the time, I mean, it closed in 2011, it closed 10 years ago. But so at the time, the three middle grade series I'd always recommend were Percy Jackson, uh, Fable Haven by Brendan Maul, and um, Gregor, because it was just like, it's like, you know, there's chosen ones, there's quests, but there's also identity crises and there's like kids having to still be kids, but like do mature thinking and do scary things and challenge themselves and all wrapped up mm. in these magical worlds that were just so wonderful. Um, and that's what this, this book, like it didn't feel like anything I'd read, but it felt familiar. It felt like a, a, like a, a, like a distant cousin to the books that I've read and loved and that feeling of like, oh, this is... This is like just like the middle grade that I've read and just like completely and was obsessed with, you know, um, oh, and I, I will be telling people about this book because it is it, it has that feeling. And I mean, I'm sure you've people have been comparing it and saying that, but like it just had that that I don't know if it was the the way the story played out. I know I couldn't put my finger on what it was, but it did. It felt like a like the best kind of like familiar hug. <laughs> like oh. it really did. Like I said, it was nothing 
about it was the same. I didn't go, oh, this is just like X, but it was just, there was just the feeling of the book. Yeah. So you, you nailed it with that. I will say that <laughs> as a reader. Yeah. And I think that's something like I always chase when I'm reading as well, you know, that there's that, there is a particular kind of feeling, like you say, when you just kind of can't stop thinking about it and you're, you know, you want to just read it and that's all you can think about doing. Um, so I'm really glad that that, that happened to you with Scandal. I, I can't judge it because I wrote it. Yeah, so. no, you're too close. I know. And it's also like, I feel authors are, always, this is when you were talking about like, you have to really live a story. I always think about this with yeah. authors too. Like how many times you have to edit a book and like, oh, I mean, how many times you're probably like, I'm so sick of this page or whatever, you know, <laughs> like to us, the magic is all fresh. And, you know, so I'm sure for you, it's yeah. just like, oh, I've been sitting with this book. Well, for you, it's been eight years. This book's been in your head. And now out yeah. in the world, but uh, for us, it's it's just so, it's so cool to to feel that magic and and you know it's really um, yeah it was just really fun. It's just I just um, I think middle grade lovers, adults who love middle grade, and anyone who like you said nine and up, um, because even though the main character's thirteen, um, you know it, it's and it has some it doesn't have like teen mature stuff in it it has like you know some scary stuff and some relationship stuff but not like dating relationship stuff necessarily i'm just saying like it's just you know interpersonal relationship things that are you know mature for kids it's not it's definitely um something that's very accessible for uh excited readers i also like that you i don't know if you did this deliberately but it's very i think it would be very appealing to boys i think boys need you know a lot of boys there's a lot of fun like you know, there's like toilet humor with like the one, the one, the one unicorn like burps and farts all the time. And he's also a fire one. So he like lights things on fire. It makes cracks me up every time. He's just like, I'm just like, oh God, seriously, she, she does it again, you know? Um, which is yeah. Very... I mean, I think I, I have two younger brothers. So I think <laughs> that um, maybe that's why, why, why the, the boy stuff kind of works. I think you get, you get to know that when you live with them. Um, and I think when I was writing it, also, my my youngest brother's kind of six years younger than me, and I really remember him being that age, you know, that sort of 10, 10, 11, 12 age. And we used to kind of swap fantasy books then anyway, and he used to kind of tell me about it. You know, we How to Train Your Dragon was like our favorite thing. Um, and, you know, I think when I was writing Skandar's voice even, I was kind of thinking, thinking of him and thinking, you know, what would, what would he enjoy? Is this pace right for that 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 child that he was, I guess? um and yes and the, the toilet humor as well I guess <laughs> you know, I'm just saying I know that but that, that was just one obvious thing I mean because girls generally don't but boys love that so um but no it's just I, I I mean even the fact that you have um you know you're either our lead is male and and we just have good we're just in the heads of really interesting characters guys and girls and um yeah I don't know I just I I think it will appeal to uh, just people who like to read who are in that age range will really enjoy it um yeah so I I'm excited for people to get their hands on it I'm sure you're just at this point like ch chomping at the bit like let's go let's get this book out in the world <laughs> I know yeah I can't believe how close it is it's really strange now <laughs> yeah um I hope you're enjoying today's interview with Annabeth about Skandar and the Unicorn Thief. I just want to remind everyone again of the sale that's going on on the fantasy coloring books with proceeds going towards helping Ukrainian refugees. It's through the end of May. Check it out on our website, inkfeathercollective.com. Head into the shop and uh, purchase and support 
artists support Ukraine and get a good discount. Okay, back to the interview. So it's a three book deal. Are was it is it planned to be a three book series? Are you are you planning for more? Like what's the are you allowed to even talk about that? Um, like what are you? Yeah, I um, guess where's it going? What are you working on in regards to the series now? Like where where are things at with it? So I um so I've always pitched I pitched it as a five book series. Um, so I'm hoping that that Simon and Schuster will buy two more. Um, and I think uh, that's the kind of way we've been thinking about it in terms of the second book. The second book is in edits at the moment. Um, and they kind of have vague ideas about where the series is going as well in terms from me that I've, I've given them. Um, and, and like, I think the, the idea really in terms of, <laughs> it's funny, the, the design of the book. So the first book is very much tied to the fire element because it has a fire symbol on the side of it. Um, and mm. so I think the idea would be that each book is tied to a different element. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, and there's five years of training at the Erie, you know, yeah, in five years. Sense, yeah. It makes sense. So, I, yeah, that's the way, that's the way I kind of always imagined it. And, um, and I, I kind of, you know, I, I vaguely have a vague idea of like what's going to happen in each book and, and like where we're going to end up in the end. So, so yeah, but five books seems like a lot right now <laughs> when you're on number two, but fine <laughs> i also love that hearing that because you're like i don't I, I sort of know but i don't really know but i sort of know but i'm still not sure yeah. <laughs> that's 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 it i i most authors i think every author i've ever to talked to has is just that's kind of how it becomes you know whether or not they then sit down and do major outlining before they start or you know if you just sort of wing it as you go or whatever but it's i love that you're like i have an inkling but we're just gonna see because at this point too, you you know the world and the characters well enough that let's see what they have to say. You know, you have to listen yeah. to what they have to say, and and your characters are strong enough that especially the unicorns are going to let you know what they have to say. Um, yeah, I mean there was quite a lot of world building as well that that happened in that first kind of draft without a plot. That that I mean I couldn't put it all in book one in terms of because of like space and you know it's quite you know I guess it's it's lot on the longer end for. Um, a middle grade and so and so yeah holding some of that back but it's really nice to be able to think okay so that can go in book two or you know a later book so so that's been <laughs> that's been nice as well um to kind of have the comfort of of knowing there's more space I also like too that like when books start out especially series you know it's almost like you're looking through the, a smaller lens and then it just keeps getting broader and broader and so like it feels so big now but we don't even know like um, big. You might not even know. It might even go bigger than you're imagining now. But I, I just love that because you're laying this really good groundwork, but then you get to play within that, which is is got to be so much fun. I mean, how cool! I love how how brave you were to like say, "I, I have to do this." Like listening to that moment, you know, because if if you stop, like this conversation we're having right now would not have happened if if yeah. that, if you hadn't stopped. Like the, your life right now, as it is, going to you know Italy and seeing. <laughs> larger than a human giant posters of your book like <laughs> meeting people from around the world who support this story like these elements these cool things that for some people from you or, you know or like these moments these once in a lifetime moments possibly that are like oh my gosh this actually happened right now um and i just i i think that's a a, a thing for for creatives and uh, for writers and, uh, and other artists too just to trust that inner voice like you know, where if you feel called to do something, like don't 
don't be scared and don't like, I, I think part of it's too, is like, you have to be brave because if you're, especially mm. if you put yourself in a box and that's the path you're on and to actually go like, Oh, and, and I, I, sometimes it does take that shaking of like, you, you like you said, when you went to the bookstore and was like, I have to do this. I have to try this. I will regret it. I will, I will be kicking myself if I don't, you know, it, it you could you could do it at 25 35 55 like there's no yeah. but the longer you wait the longer you possibly put off you know these experiences like this so i think it's really cool that you um were brave enough to listen to yourself you know what i mean like it's not easy to do yeah and i think i think a lot of people were, were kind of like is she okay <laughs> is she like you know the people the people my colleagues and stuff are like so you're gonna you're, what are you going to do now? Are you, you're not doing law? Like, what's the plan? And I'm like, oh, the number of times, you know, I'd be asked, oh, but have you got an agent then? You know, oh, like, God. but yeah, I have to write something first. Um, so yeah, it's quite, it's, it's quite weird looking back and back on it now, um, really, but it does, it does feel, I feel very lucky because I think it is, it is a real luck thing, um, hmm. publishing I agree. Um, to a certain extent. Um, the timing has to be right. The people have to be right who are reading it. Um, so I feel extremely grateful, but I am also, you know, I, I think I would have done it. I would have carried on writing anyway. Um, and that's, I think that's how you have to feel, feel about it. You know, if you, if you're a creative person, you just, cre you know, keep creating. If you're going to do it anyway, then, then that's great. And if you love it for the sake of it, then that's brilliant too. It's worth something. Well, and, and just the fact that you said to like, when you started, you had the ideas, but you didn't, it wasn't like you had written 10 books and you had these drafts and then you're like, Oh, I should now try to get, you were just like feeling it was in there and you knew you were, you were dabbling maybe, but like, it was just like, no, I, this is the thing. This is the thing I know I want to be doing. And yeah, just trusting that it's very cool. Um, and I love, I mean, and, and it's such a cool story, like to hear everything, that you went through and I mean, I'm sure it doesn't feel, feel good at the time, but like hearing it on this side of it, it was, you know, it's, it's a really nice thing for people to hear um, who are listening, who are wanting to get into this industry or just want that little bit of encouragement. You know, I, um, I just love that. I, that's why I love talking with authors because their stories are all so different <laughs> and wonderful and, you know, in unique ways. And, and cause books are just, there's something magical about escaping into somebody's story and, and, um, this is such a good story. I had such a good time reading this book. It was just pure, like, even though it was, you know, ups and downs emotionally and poor Skandar was, he's poor guy. He's got, he's had some emotional things going on with him. This, this book, you know, he's, um, and just put being immersed in the world, but it was just such a pleasure to read. It was just like, Oh, what's going to happen next? What are they going to get into? What, what part of the elemental magic am I going to see? Or what's the mystery parts going to be revealed or you know, it was just such a pleasurable reading experience that um, I'm glad I'm glad you took the leap. You know, I am. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. It was really good. Um, OK, so you're working. So book two's in in edits right now. You've got book three at least. Yeah. Um, and hopefully up till five, which, again, makes total sense. Um, are, are you do you have any other projects in the works? Or are you just focusing all your energy on Skandar right now? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much on the unicorn train now for, for a little fair. while. <laughs> I think the, um, so I'm for the for the film, I'm exec producer and oh, cool. the, I've had, so, and the, the script is almost done the first draft. Not much, I'm not doing it. It's um, uh, someone called John Croker uh, 
and he he's great and we've had kind of quite a lot of conversations and I think there'll be quite a lot of work that comes kind of comes with that if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and just you know uh, we've had some conversations where he'll be like oh so thinking about this and I'll be like well you can't do that because because it's in book two (laughs) or something like that you know Uh... it's fun it's been fun kind of like you know introducing him to the world and like the the wider world but and but the the film script is kind of going to follow the book one but the book like pretty pretty closely so that's that's exciting and I think why why I'm it's going to be some kind of I'm going to be of some help to them because I don't know how to write a screenplay but so other people do and then I can just you know give comments (laughs) well I mean and that's just it it's it's your it's your baby you know it's your creative baby so for you to be able to be like no that doesn't work or they would never do that or you know that happens in the future you have to pull that out or whatever so um that's so cool oh, how cool is your life this is so cool right now like it's, i mean those conversations this like don't i mean most conversations don't feel real this conversation doesn't feel real i don't think it's ever going to sink in i just really don't <laughs> This is how was your interview today? Well, I was just reminded of my life. What is my life? <laughs> That's literally my job is to say, what is your life? But seriously, I just, I don't know. I just think it's so cool. I do. I love, I love what I do. And I love hearing people who have cool stories and uh, yeah, just get to share it with our listeners. And, um, and especially with such a fun book that was such a pleasure to read. And like I said, more, more middle grade, please. I just, I love good middle grade and, you know, it's just like anything else. I've read some that I, I always, you know, if I'm investing enough to read it, I, I like it, but I don't always love it. But this book felt like a, like I said, like a, like a familiar cousin that I haven't seen. And I was like, oh, <laughs> get like a hug that was like, oh, that feels nice. You know, like it was great. Um, but before I go or before we go, I, I usually like to ask authors if they've read anything um, that they would recommend like lately I mean obviously we've got Narnia and uh, His Dark Materials which I mean <laughs> if you are a fantasy lover and you haven't read either of those then you need to stop right now and go pick both of those series up because what are you doing let's go come on they're great um, I love especially I've read them both obviously but uh, His Dark Materials is like oh it's like a hard book of mine that's such a good series um, but, but like lately, have you read anything? I don't know. Some writers can't read while they're writing, but like, you know, in general, is there anything you'd recommend? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'd give, I'd give two of recent ones. I think one, one probably people might have read, but the first is Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great middle grade. I really enjoyed it. It's funny as well. Like totally inventive. Um, really enjoyed that. And then also, uh, Fireborn by Ashing Fowler, um, which is is uh, published in the States as well as here. Um, and it's, yeah, it's Fireborn 12 and the Frozen for- Forest. And um, it's kind of set in this, uh, like, prehistoric kind of ice world. Um, and the kind of main character is called 12. They give up their names um, and join this hunting lodge where they learn how to fight monsters. So if you kind of like the darker side of middle grade, that kind Ooh. of upper middle grade, it is... It is really great. It's really great. And it's got a great cast of characters. Um, so, yeah, those, those are two kind of more recent ones. I mean, I'm a massive Tomorrow Pierce fan. But, again, you can see people have probably already read that. <laughs> I will confess I have yet to read any of her books. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I know. I do. I can't, here I am like, you fail if you haven't read me. Well, I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I own her books. Um, I have quite a few, actually. I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't know if I like missed it when I was like, it seems like it was like broody teen reading for a lot of people. And then like they missed it. I don't know. And I'm like, I don't think I'm too late into it. I know I would enjoy it. But I was also late no, to so definitely. many things. Like, what was I late to? I was late to, oh, like uh, Sabriel. Like, <gasps> yeah, I only crazy. read that like six years ago. And now they're like in my top like 10 series of all time. Like, they're so good. The Abortion Trilogy. Oh my God. They're so good. Yeah. But like, yeah, I reread them like about six months ago, and I was just like, oh, so amazing! The magic in it, the magic system. It's is so good. Have you done the audiobooks? Yeah, I've listened to Sabriel on the audio. Really good. Oh, it's it's Tim Curry does them. Yeah, which is great. And I actually, this makes me laugh. I um, I I did a, a calendars for charity a, quite a few years ago now, and and Garth was in the author was in one of them. And I was talking to him about how great the audios were and how he like loves, but um, there is a like demon cat named Moggit in the books, and he's like he is Mog that voice is Moggit like he nails it, and I was just like that brought me so much joy to hear like that he hears like Tim Curry's voice as this like demon cat character. I don't know, it just <laughs> makes me so happy to imagine that. I don't know what that is, but yeah, they're <laughs> so good. There's so many good ones, and then the books I listed. If you guys haven't read those. Oh, like, seriously, like most people know Percy Jackson, which if you haven't read, they're hysterical. They're great. They're well mm. done. Um, I really enjoyed Fablehaven. I thought those were very clever as well. Um, and then seriously, Gregor, it's like so many people know the Hunger Games, but it's like I feel like not many people have read Gregor the Overlander. It's basically the idea of like if Alice in Wonderland happened, but you lived in New York City. So basically, oh. like he goes into the basement of his New York apartment to do his laundry or something and they it falls down a hole into like a whole subterranean world with like human sized rats and bats that you can ride and like translucent skinned people with purple eyes. And of course there's a quest and of course he's, there's a, you know, mysteries and it's, it's just such a fun, cool, weird world. So I recommend those as well. There's just, oh, there's so many good books to read. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I've just written them. <laughs> yeah, they're great. I haven't done them on audio, but I'm, I'm guessing I'm, I feel like they would probably be good on audio. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just, I don't know. I just thought they were just such a weird and evocative world and, you know, interesting challenges for Gregor, our lead. So, which I, I, and I haven't read either of the ones that you recommended. So I immediately was like, yep. Okay. That'll be next. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's just, oh, so good. Uh, this is so much fun. I'm so glad we got to talk today. Uh, it's been so nice. Um, I, I just cannot wait to see what happens with this book. I cannot wait to see what happened next in the story. I am <laughs> all about these books. I just love these bloodthirsty unicorns and the world you created and our characters are great. And um, yeah, I just, I'm just so excited to see what, what happens with everything with you and the book and the movie and, and yeah, as it goes forward. So I'm, I know, like I said, we're, we're only a couple weeks out here, but it's, it's, just yeah. really, very exciting so um all right guys thank you for listening today um i will be back next week with a new episode but for now this is lauren and annabelle signing out saying bye bye, bye. thank you for listening